Yo guys, it's KB. Just a little message before you get into this episode. We had a little bit of audio issues uh, while we were on the live stream. Uh, and I apologize to the people that were watching live that the audio just cut out about halfway through the episode. Luckily, we record each show, so there is audio. But some of the audio issues uh, through our recording program also went wonky during the live stream. So there are parts of the episode that I just don't have the audio for. So you might hear a little bit of odds and ends uh, later on in the episode. So I do apologize for that. Hopefully we'll be fixed moving forward. And you also heard uh, a giant like fan blowing. That is our hot water heater where we record <laughs> uh, in our studio. Hoping to get that issue resolved sooner rather than later so that doesn't happen again because it was quite loud uh, during this episode. So apologize for all the audio wonkiness and issues. Uh, but without any further ado... Here's our boys, the Arkells. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. we're all set what's going on everybody welcome in to another episode of underground sports philadelphia coming at you from the underground for episode number 308 kb and matt underground studios show would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors of course main auto llc douche arms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick auto mall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. You guys know we're wearing them each and every day when we're podcasting, going to work. They got the sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, and everything in between. Go fill your card up at TomahawkShades.com right now. Sign up for their rewards program so you start earning Hawk points, which just translates into free money so you get more Tomahawk Shades. They got the small badge collective, everything in between. Promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com gets you 25% off your order. You're already getting an affordable lifestyle sunglass for a fraction of the price of those big brand names and everything. They're taking 25% off of an already unbelievable price with our promo code USP. It's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. And guys, we're... Didn't feel like it today, though, man. Nice, like, 50-degree weather where we're at here in South Jersey. But we are still in the thick of winter and a storm might be a brewing and it looks like it's one to three inches that are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. But luckily our partners at Manscaped specialize in products that make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or in the jacuzzi if you're a savage. 
Manscaped's uh, performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to store all your goodies in. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? Well, in fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so you guys might as well use the best tools to do the job. The bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. And the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls, and it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. That will make your balls look up at you and say, hey, thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter, but you can get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. So get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. And, of course, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the fastest-growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. They're seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And when life gets back to normal, we'll be hanging out there a lot because they have a full bar, they have restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. It's also blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G, and it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It's also won awards for best package in the world, so you know it's a look-good, feel-good product. Go to statesidevodka.com to purchase your vodka. It's 44 states they ship to, almost everywhere in the U.S., and on the 1-liter vodka bottles, you get our special discount with promo code USP. You get 10% off the one liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com must be 21 or older to order. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? Living the dream as always. It is, uh, it's official. We've got all stars to talk about an all-star snub to talk about, uh, finally beating the Raptors on the quote unquote road. And, uh, the flyers get their captain back. Yeah. We, uh, technically still haven't beaten, Toronto in, in Toronto, Toronto. <laughs> uh, beat them in Tampa which is I guess an equivalent I don't know <laughs> it feels good to at least not have to listen to that piece of trivia every time we play the Raptors now so that's good at now least. we don't have to hear Doug Collins name anymore right yeah we don't have to to relive that which is fantastic um thankfully there was no like there was a lot less of the uh replaying like the Kawhi shot and all that this time around yes um because there was obviously more like a recent thing to talk about which was the all-star selections and the coaches selections and that obviously that narrative involved Toronto and Philadelphia quite a bit because Fred Van Vliet and Ben Simmons Tobias Harris were all guys that could have been on the coach's decision and obviously there was quite a bit to talk about depending on which side on the aisle you were about uh, how right it was or how wrong it was, whoever did or didn't get selected. But yeah, it certainly feels good to finally beat Toronto. <laughs> not <laughs> not in the Wells Fargo Center. I'll say that. It is, uh, it's like a sense of relief now that that narrative is over, like you said. And the, the biggest, you know, news obviously is Joel Embiid, all-star, fourth time. Uh, ben Simmons gets named as a reserve for his third straight Tobias Harris snubbed, though, from the All-Star roster. 
I, I wouldn't call it a snub. He's certainly like he, he's one of the contenders in uh in like that reserve list. I think it's really hard to give th- a team three all stars. That's like not a very common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, Tobias like certainly I think had a has had a strong year, but you know I think if you're debating between him and Ben Simmons, who's deserving an all star, Ben Simmons is gonna be like all first team defensive, and he's. I mean, he's going to be like a defensive player of the year candidate, whether he wins it, who knows. But, um, you know, that just drastically outweighs anything Tobias does on his own end. But that's not to discredit what Tobias has done so far this season. Like, he's on a 50-40-90 kind of pace this year, which is really efficient, which is what he's been kind of lacking in his time in Philly. So, yeah, it, it sucks to not see him there. Um, but also, like, to have three All-Stars is just not, uh, not a, a regular kind of occurrence. And... You know, it just I think speaks to like the the talent as well that that's in the East because, you know, besides Tobias as well, there's there's other people you could say were quote unquote snubbed too. Mm-hmm. But it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, they made up for it today. Uh, Anthony Davis ruled out of the All Star game, so Devin Booker got named just a few minutes ago to the All Star game for the West. Um, but I mean, Tobias bounced back against the Raptors, uh, twenty three points, seven rebounds the other night, and you know. Joel Embiid having a down game. Ben Simmons not really doing too much, but I guess Furkan Korkmaz is terrified of Isaiah Joe because he popped off against the Raptors 19 points in 28 minutes and was like, yeah, I'm not going to lose my my bench roll. <laughs> yeah, he looked really good. And, you know, the bench scoring is something that, you know, we've, we've needed an influx of uh, this season. You know, it's been better than in years past. Um, at least it's felt that way, but still not at a, a, you know, you're in the bottom third of the league still in bench scoring. So that, you know, obviously Fergan starts, to, uh, you know, during Toronto, but he's going to be someone typically coming off the bench for you. If you can get him confidence and, you know, we've seen that Fergan can have like really hot streaks, which can carry the load a little bit. Um, that's going to be huge. And obviously as well, having some of that competition is, is really, really important as well. Um, you know, and even Max, he was like a DNP, like during the Toronto game. So it's like, you have like healthy competition um, on like the the guard level off the bench, which is good to have. Um, obviously, too, like we're still you know without Seth Curry, and that's like I don't know if we've talked a lot about that uh, that that's been a hindrance to the game a little bit and how good he'd been this year. So not having him, but Furkan certainly doing his best impression of <laughs> of what Seth Curry was giving us. And yeah, I, it was it was funny because I was actually I listened to part of the Toronto broadcast and. One, they can't pronounce his name. It's Corkmas to them. Um, <laughs> Mary Corkmas. <laughs> yeah, Mary Corkmas, literally. But, uh, you know, they're, it's always interesting, I think, to listen to, like, uh, other teams' broadcasts. It can be a little infuriating, obviously, because mm-hmm. um, we get spoiled with the Sixers' broadcasts. But, and how, you know, like, I think they're very complimentary of other teams. I think they, they genuinely are, like, obviously they have home team bias. But I think they're they're critical of the Sixers when they need to be and all that. But, there are other broadcasts which are way more on the right of the, the homer <laughs> scale. Um, but it is interesting because it gives you a kind of perspective on how other people view your team, which I think is valuable. And, you know, the way people talk about the Sixers is in a really positive light. And Furkan's one of those guys as well, you know, they were really highlighting and uh, talking a lot about as a spark, which, you know, again, it's easy to lose sight of uh, some of the players on your own team when you're watching them every night. Sometimes you need that perspective, I think. Yeah, and I mean... We've been talking about it probably the past couple episodes. Like, even though they did come out with this win against the Tampa Bay Raptors, as I like to call them, since they're playing in Tampa, um, you know, they they split that kind of mini series, and 
You get that big win against the Bulls on Friday night as well, but this team clearly still needs help on the bench. And, you know, there's even more names being floated around, especially now that uh, the Rockets, after guaranteeing his contract, let go of DeMarcus Cousins. His name's been floating around, and I feel like more steam has continued to swirl around Kyle Lowry's name. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's still someone that you're going to hear a lot about. The difficulties, again, Toronto had a really, really rough start to the season. A lot of that was, like, injury and COVID-related. Um, but they've like really right the ship in, I think they're, they're 14 and eight since that like really bad start after their first 10 games. So they've, they've really like improved themselves and now are like kind of where we expected Toronto to be a little bit more this season. So I think it's just a, it's a kind of fulcrum now of which way they want to kind of go organizationally. Like, do they want to have interest in bringing Kyle Lowry back or not? And I, I doubt they're willing to do a buyout situation, so it would you know likely have to be a trade. What does that look like? And are they willing to trade? You know, to what is a potential second round matchup? You know, the way seeds are right now. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I think as well with Houston, you know, you could see other names potentially in buyout, but also potentially just available in trade. PJ Tucker's a name that's been linked with us a lot. Someone like Eric Gordon as well could mm-hmm. certainly be like a, a good fit with the Sixers team. Um, you know, he'd give you a lot of what like what you're expecting Kyle Lowry to give you. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's, you know, you're starting to see some of that market, which we've looked at and wondered what it's going to be, take shape. You know, obviously DeMarcus Cousins, you know, there seems to be a pretty solid link with him and the Lakers and it's not really someone that like we're looking to get right. But, um, you know, you have like Blake Griffin being sat in Detroit, um, until they, they can, uh, they can find, um, you know, a, a healthy partner for him and, uh, Andre Drummond, the same, like. There's lots of, of guys like that that, you know, maybe you get on a three-team deal and pick up something nice out of that situation. That's, you know, I think a lot of times those are the trades that are very hard to plan for as a fan because you can't possibly know um, how to value <laughs> players sometimes like other other teams do and get in uh, on those three-team deals. But that could also be where the Sixers uh, pop up in. But, yeah, it's... um. You know, this is this is where it gets really competitive. Obviously, and you want to be making the case to these players and why they should be joining your team, why they should be ring chasing with you. Yeah, and I mean, we got the the second half of the schedule came out as well, and we'll get into that. But right now, six are still in first place, but they've got the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks breathing down their necks much more than they were two weeks ago. Uh, the Nets are only a half game back. Bucks are two games back. So I mean, this is. We, we've said it time and time again against these, not I guess for lack of a better term, the inferior teams that you're playing against when you had those opportunities. That's when you have to, you know, really go out and strike and you've got these matchups. Uh, you know, when you guys are listening to this, if you're listening to the audio version only today against the Mavericks. Um, and then I think the nice part for the Sixers, they end this first half of the season all at home. Yeah. So there's no more road games. It's four straight at home. Um but, you know, there's some competition. you got the Mavericks, uh, you got the Cavaliers, the Pacers, and the Jazz, who are, you know, three of those teams you've seen uh, at least once so far this year. And then you get the Mavericks, who are coming off a big win against the Celtics. What an unbelievable shot by Luka. Right. Um, but, I mean, I think the biggest bonus of this final, you know, four games of the first half is that they're all at home. Yeah, and home court has still been a huge advantage for the Sixers and lots of teams in the NBA. You look around, it's still, you know, just because you don't have the fans that are still definitely something to having uh, to just wake up in your own bed and drive your own car to the stadium, that's that's a huge plus. 
Um, yeah, I mean, all of those teams are in interesting positions. Obviously, you, you look at, you know, the team like like the Jazz, right? You know, by record, the best team in the league. Um, hopefully, you have Embiid for that game uh, so you can get a better look at what that matchup actually looks like. You know, we just had a really great game against them like a week and a half ago. It was like that, obviously, like huge uh, Ben Simmons output game. Uh, the Mavs are always interesting because they have Luka and um, they're in a they're in a weird position this year as well, where they're not quite as good as, as I think they uh, a lot of people expected them to be. They didn't t- quite take a leap. There's obviously some Porzingis questions. The Cavs are becoming the team that we kind of expected the Cavs to be. That shouldn't be uh, an embarrassing <laughs> loss like we had early in the year. And the Pacers, I think, are always good for a, a, a pretty good matchup with us. So yeah, they're all you know a, a little different in their own way, but. Of course, games you want to be winning. I think the most winnable game is clearly the Cavaliers in that set. But you know, you you have to be going in and competing because, like you said, you know the the Nets um, have gotten themselves together a little bit. Obviously, you know they had so much influx with with trades, and you know they had um, you know some injury and COVID issues. I mean, pretty much every team has at this point in the season had some kind of injury or COVID issue. Um, a lot of times, both. <laughs> um, you know, and they've they've obviously traded away some pieces, so they've had to figure things out on the fly, but you're starting to see that team really take shape and what like an offensive juggernaut they can be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a team you definitely want to keep ahead of. The Bucks are interesting because they haven't had like the, so much of like what's been the Bucks staple has been like defensive stability over the last two, three years when they've been really good. They haven't quite had that this year. They haven't had the consistency. Part of that is, you know, they kind of sold out to get like a really strong like starting five and like one or two guys off the bench that can make the difference because that's what you're looking at in the playoffs. You know the the downfall is that is your regular season performance could falter a little bit. You know when you're focusing that way. Um, you know so yeah I, I think you you want to keep a, a pace ahead of these guys. I think the Nets are the strongest challengers simply because when you have three like <laughs> superstars like they have, you can have Kevin Durant out for like a week at a time and it doesn't really Go on matter. A seven game win streak without it, him. Exactly. Like that, you know, and, and we still haven't seen that Nets team in its like full form. We haven't seen that three play together very much. Um, and the Sixers haven't seen that team even remotely healthy mm-hmm. anytime they've played them. They've played like two different versions of the Nets. So yeah, it's um it's a hard season to like judge and it's a hard season to say who's who's legit and who's not but you know ultimately if you can get that one seed that's that's crucial yeah so you get the all-star break and also doc rivers head coach uh for one of the all-star teams for i believe it's team kd um but after the all-star break you come out two games on the road against the bulls and wizards again two teams that you should be beating up on and should get you know penciled in wins i'd say uh and then you're back home for for four games again, I like these chunks of being at home for as long as they are. You get the Bull, uh, Bulls and Wizards on the road, then you're home against the Spurs, the Knicks, the Bucks, and the Kings. And I've also heard that the schedule that came out from the NBA is not fully accurate because there's supposed to be a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the makeup game in here as well, um, which I believe is going to be in April. Um, but it hasn't been like officially released on the Just schedule. Flex it in somewhere. Yeah. Um, but then you get those four games at home, and then you go on the road for a six-game road trip. Uh, don't like this. Don't like this at all uh, because it starts in New York against the Knicks. Then you go out west for four straight uh, against the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets, and then back on the road on April first, uh, closer to the East Coast 
against the Cavaliers before you come back home. That's a rough stretch for sure. Uh, you know, especially the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. That is uh, certainly a gauntlet. Um, Anthony Davis might be back by then. Uh, who knows, like, what his timetable exactly is. They're going to be patient. Clippers, that's a tough matchup always. Nuggets is like that's <laughs> the only uh, positive I think there is you have some days off for travel and it's not yeah, like you're on it's staggered that, so right? you know you're not you're not dealing with you know too much travel um, you know in between games you're gonna be able to have some rest which is important but yeah that's that's a brutal stretch honestly to to, <laughs> kind of, to almost close out the season too you know yeah. like you want to be kind of leaving the regular season on a on a positive note um, that's that's tough and as the homie. Uh, Zoe tweeted, he put the four West Coast games all lined up together and said, not for the week at heart. No. Because they are all almost 10 o'clock starts and then the, the Nuggets game at 9 o'clock. And they're all, the four of those teams are playoff teams. Right. And it's a good test. It's at, a at very good least. litmus test for what we hope will still be a Sixers team in first place. Right. Um, and then the month of April, you are back home against the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies again. Two teams, you're at home. You should be able to beat them. And then you get the Celtics on April 6th. Well, I feel like we haven't played in forever. <laughs> like, I feel I could, like, I was actually thinking about that today. That, like, feels like we've barely played, like, any of our, like, normal, like, obviously we just had that two game series against the Raptors, but feels like we've barely played our uh, division mm-hmm. this year. I don't know what it is. I think it's just in my brain. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the last time they played the Knicks. I don't no. remember barely any of these divisional games at all. And then if you're looking on the schedule, there is this blank spot, which should be the the flexed-in Thunder game. And then uh, you're back on the road again against the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Mavericks before you're back home for another, like, giant four-game litmus test against the Nets, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Suns. And then you get a mini-series against the Bucks in Milwaukee before the Thunder uh, come back to Philadelphia to play uh, in a three-game, you know, little stretch, you get a mini-series against the Hawks. Then you're on the road against the Spurs, the Bulls, and the Rockets. And then you get the Pelicans and Mavericks at Wells Fargo Center. Two on the road against the Pacers and the Heat. And then you close out the season against who else? The Orlando Magic two-game mini-series to end the regular season. Disgusting. Um, yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag of the schedule. I think uh, it, there's certainly some difficult matchups in there. Like you're always going to find, especially since we have like some you know interdivision games to play, some conference games to play. Uh, the last time we played the Celtics, by the way, it was January 22nd. Holy we hell! Had that, we had that um, two game mini series with them. Uh, and the last That's like crazy. the last division game we had is February 6th against the Nets. So it's not just in our minds. Like we really haven't played. Uh, you know, like, outside of, like, the, like, we just haven't played our division very much. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed, like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast 
on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast. Ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content. We know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. I I don't know. That's so wild. It is. You know, it, we're. I think we're, I don't know. It's you'd ex, you'd expect coming into this year that like it would feel like you're playing all these teams a lot, and it feels like you're always playing like one of like the Atlantic Division, mm-hmm. but um, not so much, which is strange. But yeah, it's um it's an interesting second half of the season for us. You know, so much of like the first three weeks, especially. Sixers are written off a little bit by just everyone kind of like throwing their hand and saying, you know, they had a really easy schedule. Talk to me when they play teams. And they have played teams in between then. That's been mixed results. Some of those have been good wins. Some of those have been bad losses. Mm -hmm. You've had rotation in there. You've had COVID breakouts in there. You've had had everything you can have in in a season like this. So it's hard to grade in terms of how uh, consistent this team can actually be. But you're going to find out in the second half of the season how good this team actually is. And, you know, we'll also see a potential addition or two, uh, you know, to, to the roster that could potentially improve this team. Um, you'd have to expect that anytime we make any kind of roster change, it's, it's to improve. But, yeah, it's, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be one to watch for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, the trade deadline's in a month, um, you know, the end of March. So there's not – I mean, there is time, but there's not really a lot of right. time to assess, like – where some of these teams that are kind of on that border of like the playing games, playing or... a game every other day, yeah, pretty much like that's you know there's not there's not much time to like to really like recollect and think, you know, and I think it's it's probably really difficult on front offices and on, on everyone involved with uh, you know the NBA this year like to kind of just get a grasp on reality a little bit, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a hard year to like evaluate talent and evaluate teams simply because there's so many variables like. The Miami Heat are not a fourteen and seventeen team. That's just not that's not their like actual level. Um, but you know when you've had the issues that they've had this season with with COVID and with some um, injuries, like you know there's just not much you can do in that situation. The Raptors were in a similar spot at the beginning of the year and now have gotten healthy. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's all over the place. And you'd expect now some teams to fall off in the next month, which can make some of those games a little easier. Um, We'll see what teams are doing, obviously, to to kind of just sell off whatever they have or, or start tanking, because obviously this draft class is uh, a pretty pretty good one, especially at the very top of it. So you'll see some teams really going for it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting interesting watch. Yeah, I mean, I'd say you have about three weeks if you're a you know a GM or you know in a front office to kind of assess where some of these teams are going to end up being. I think I don't think we're going to see too much movement until after the All Star break, um, which gives teams about like two weeks um, to really like figure out. All right, what's our pull the trigger move going to be? Which is usually again too like when you normally see in a normal year with the normal trade deadline, it's after the All Star break is typically when mm-hmm. a lot of that movement happens to begin with. Um, yeah, I mean teams are going to have to make choices pretty soon about where their season's heading. You know, like. Pistons have very obviously made their decision. Yes. <laughs> uh, a team like the Timberwolves, you know, now fire their coach, hire a new coach, trying to, you know, at least get back on track for next year. But they're in an interesting position, too, because their their pick that they've given away is top three protected. So don't, it behooves them really to lose games. Um, 
the Rockets, uh, they have a pick swap this year. So, again, not a team that's really, like, they don't benefit much from being bad. So, like, a lot of these teams that you expect to just kind of give up don't really have an incentive to or have an incentive to be really bad uh, or, you know, shut players down. Um, and, uh, you know, there's obviously the added layer, too, of having the, the two extra playoff spots for the play-in game. Um, you know, that could be a big incentive as well to kind of keep teams lingering around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in both conferences you look, there's really only, I think, two or three teams that you can, like, definitively write off for this season. Obviously, you know, in a month it, it might be different. But right now, you know, it's it's hard to say more than that. Yeah, and in a hypothetical, like, Kyle Lowry trade, what would you be willing to give up if the Raptors are engaged? Because let's not forget this last game that the Sixers actually won. It's the first time the Raptors have lost in, like, 18 games without Kyle Lowry. Um, so, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't want to get rid of him because they obviously play well without him. Uh, so, you know, Masai Jerry, like, let, let's get something going and bring right. North Philly's own home. But if... The Raptors did approach, you know, Daryl Morey, who has history with Kyle Lowry, about, you know, a potential trade. What would you, if you're in Daryl's shoes, be willing to give up for him? Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, because <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. Here's, here's the issue the Sixers have going forward is it's going to be very hard to add talent in anything but a trade. And you find this with lots of teams, especially ones that get, you know, into it, like high salary cap. And it's why teams sign guys like inflated contracts. Like Chris Middleton, right, had all the leverage in the world a few summers ago with the Bucks because they couldn't possibly let him walk because they couldn't replace him in free agency because they wouldn't have the money to. So they had to just pretty much give him the money that he wanted. It's the same thing for the Sixers where any any player that they get of, of real value, of good value, is probably going to have to come through a trade simply because there's no way for them to sign a very good free agent. They might get lucky with like one or two buyout guys over the next few years, but going to have to make that deal so i think you give up whatever it takes i think to kyle lowry obviously within reason the, if you're talking about like tyrese maxi i think that's on the table i i don't think you can exp i don't think anyone's off the board except for like Embiid. <laughs> um obviously for kyle lowry it's different but you know it, just in general i i think you have to be willing to entertain that i know we love maxi and i think he has a bright future but you know he's he's not necessarily the timeline fit that we're going for, whereas Kyle Lowry is, you know, we're in a win now situation. We want to win a championship in the next three years. Tyrese Maxey, the history of rookies um, really contributing in like playoff performances. And, you know, we hope to make a finals is like, just doesn't happen. Um, you know, and that's not to write him off in like his future career. But again, you know, that's a name that could certainly come up that I think people would shrivel at, but you have to be realistic as well about where the Sixers are at, where they want to be and what it's going to take. If you're asking me if I'd rather have Tyrese Maxey or Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, Kyle Lowry is actually going to see the floor. So it's, it's going to be Kyle Lowry. And I know that sucks, but that's the position that the Sixers are in. We can't be in like asset collection mode and think, well, we have to hang on to Maxey. Like I know we got lucky that he failed us. I think he's uh, a great prospect. I think he has a bright future, but I think it's okay to stymie that if, you, if you're getting someone like Kyle Lowry, who's such a great fit with this team. Thibel's in that camp as well. I'm not sure what the salary matching would be exactly. Someone like Mike Scott could be like a make way. This is where it gets difficult though, because Toronto would then maybe have to start making roster decisions, um, you know, about you know releasing some guys or things like that. Um, so, you know, you, you can't just give them, you know, a four for one necessarily. 
but you know, and and we do have a, a plethora of like really high value second round picks, mm-hmm. which to a team like Toronto could be in, enticing as well because, you know, second round picks are obviously great because of the contracts that they have. You know, if it's the thirty third pick, some people would rather have that than the 29th because of the contract difference. So, yeah, it's um, I I think you 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 do what it takes to improve this team meaningfully and you know that's that's it <laughs> yeah and if you're watching on twitch big thanks to uh oddly enough lakers fan 82405 for the follow uh you guys can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash underground sports phi um but yeah we got the mavericks the return of josh richardson uh for the sixers next matchup it's gonna be an interesting one i mean hopefully we get the the ben luca matchup and you know hopefully Embiid continues to put on that MVP performance that he has all season um, coming off a a quote unquote down game for him where down games for him are, you know, sometimes career nights for other guys. Right. Exactly. Um, The the Mavs are, like I said, in an interesting position, Um, you know, they they expected the season, I think to be going a little better than they have than it has for them. Um, I think it's tough for any team coming into Philly. It's, it's not a place that teams I think expect to win. Um, you know, and that's without the, like the packed house. I think the the one regret I have about this year, you know, among many, is um that like we can't like enjoy like some of these performances like in the arena. Like we can't see him beat and like shower him with uh with praise and applause and all that. But yeah, it's it's I don't think it's easy for any team. I don't think any team envies or, or wants to be coming into Philly for games because I think there's there's a real definitive advantage there um for for the Sixers and that's a strong point. So. You'd expect, given that, and just I, I think this team's played well recently. Um, obviously, they've had some some ups and downs over the last like two weeks. You know, some uh, you know they still have that like ugly road trip on their record, but I still think, uh, especially anyone coming into Philadelphia, you have to expect that this team, you know, should be uh, always always favored. Yeah, I mean they're still thirteen and two at home, right. which is as good as you far can and away the best record in the NBA at home. Right. So I mean, there's a uh... There's definitely room for improvement on, you know, those road trips and everything, but I think they'll figure it out. And if more pieces come into the fold and you, that's the thing too, is like when you're looking at this team, they're not that far off from having a a complete team. You don't want to shake up this roster too much to where now you're trying to, you know, figure out chemistry. You want somebody that's a, a plug and play type guy that can come in, blend well with the players that are here already here and just improve upon the play that is already happening that has the Sixers in first place in the East. Right, exactly. That's, you know, it's a little bit of chemistry, you know, where you don't want to be uh, adding too much too quickly or taking things out that are important parts. It's one of the things we talked about when there was a lot of talk about Ben Simmons being traded is, yes, there are obviously limitations with Ben Simmons, but they're, like, really great benefits, and those are what we've seen over the last two three weeks with Ben where he's, like, kind of turned this corner and that, He's amazing defensively, and he's a, a, a great uh, passer and like um, your contributor on offense in terms of of how open looks he can get for guys. And he seemed more aggressive in the last two weeks as well, which has been helpful. So yeah, you know, like with with the good always comes a little bit of bad, and I think you always have to be aware of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what this team really needs is someone that could fill in a, as a creator and you know give you like just an absolutely like abominable like starting five or like a great sixth man like that's that's what this team is missing is i think that little bit of extra uh to get you over the hump because again we have to remember as as good as this team has looked 
you know, we haven't seen this iteration of the Sixers in the playoffs and until then, and I think they're still... Hey, hey you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. You should probably know that we have an entire catalog of podcasts on this network. So what I want you to do right now, once you finish this episode, after you finish subscribing leaving a five-star review down in the Apple Podcast section. I want you to search Underground Sports Philadelphia and go check out our catalog of podcasts, especially our flagship TV and movie podcast for streaming services called Streamer Season. We have breakdowns of amazing shows coming out weekly. You should definitely check it out. That's Streamer S-Z-N. Search it on your favorite podcast app. And give us a follow on social media. You won't regret it. Check out all the awesome podcasts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. And thank me later. Now, back to the show. Set by eighth seeds, this is it. Because there are so many teams that have had just screwy seasons out of their control pretty much. You could be playing a really, really strong team in the first round. You know, that comes in as a seventh seed that would normally be a fourth, right? Like, that's just totally possible. So, you know, they're going to have to continue to um, improve, you know, whether that's adding someone or just like we've seen with Ben, you know, and like we've seen Tobias coming into the season, just making these kind of leaps or, or turns in their game. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, you talked about the one thing that we envy about this season, not being able to be at home, you know, with fans in the stands. I think that rings true for the Flyers as well. We're playing right now. Uh, can't seem to hold a lead at all whatsoever, but I don't know what it is about this team, and it felt like this way with the Sixers and the Raptors for obviously the longest time, but for whatever reason, the Bruins just have the Flyers number every single time they play. Yeah, I'd like to like never play uh, any Boston team again. Actually, it would be <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's brutal, especially because, you know, it's like, the big game, right? Like everyone's, and it was, um, it's like one of the first games back after like the, the COVID break. So like everyone was tuned in and, um, just an absolute bummer. It's been, it's been up and down for the flyers this year, especially like when the winds, when the winds have been there, they haven't felt amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's always felt like, uh, not quite lucky, but not quite earned either. It, it's, it's been a difficult season for the Flyers, for sure. Yeah, to say the least. Um, and it's weird because it's not like they're playing horribly. It's just they can't play defense to right. save their lives. And that is the biggest issue with this team. When you look at you know the other teams in the East and the other teams in the NHL right now, is the Flyers are scoring goals. They just can't protect the goals you know, and the leads that they have. They're uh, a goal differential of zero they've scored 51 goals they've given up 51 where if you look at a team like the Bruins they've scored 51 goals but they've only given up 36 outside of Provorov this year who's played good not great they have no other defensemen that are performing at the levels that they expected right it's um again you know we we were looking at the second half of last season and thinking wow like this team is really good and going into the bubble we thought this team is really good but that the team that we saw in the bubble is more like the Flyers team that we're seeing now. And mm-hmm. I think maybe is what this Flyers team actually is. Maybe it's not just like, you know, a bad streak of, of play or anything like that. Um, that this is just their level. 
and uh, that's I think a tough pill to swallow um this year obviously hasn't been helped by injuries like you know you you can't understate that but you know at the end of the day you have to be getting good results and they they just haven't you know they haven't had a ton of consistency this year either um which has been a huge struggle um not even just from like a seem to turn it around and be better than they've been but there's worrying signs there that this isn't just you know every team has like a bad week or two um regardless of who you are regardless of the sport there's going to be just you know bad bad runs of games but it's starting to look more and more like maybe this team is just bad by design or just not as good as we want them to be by design and that could be a problem yeah and i mean just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how both teams are playing Wells Fargo Center in first place, and now the Flyers are knocked down quite a few pegs. They're sitting in fifth place. They're closer to the bottom than they are to the top. Um, it's something that definitely needs to be addressed, and uh, if they want to even come close to sniffing the help, I think, than he initially realized going into the season. Yeah, it's... Um... It's disappointing, you know, because yeah. they, they've, they've fallen off a little bit. I think everyone was really excited to have, like, a good, like, Flyers team around, and um, it just hasn't materialized yet. Uh, you know, again, even when you were winning at the beginning of the season, didn't, didn't feel, feel like, like now fallen off, which is just not a, a good place to be. Yeah, so hopefully they end up winning tonight against the Rangers. Um but, I mean, ideally, they need to win, like, their next three games. They've, they've got the Rangers for two games coming up, and then they also have the Buffalo Sabres in there, another, you know, team that's not that great this year and haven't been great for quite some time. So you need to figure you you got to come away with big-time wins and kind of like the Sixers, you got to beat up on the teams that you know you can beat. Um, you know, the Rangers tonight, Sabres for the next two uh, this upcoming reserve list and get guys healthy I think not playing these you know one game night off one game type of uh situation is going to help this team more than we expect because after this weekend you've got a <laughs> three-game road trip in Pittsburgh against the Penguins for three straight yeah I think rhythm is really important in sports and you've had a lot of that disrupted uh, this season's already weird for for every major sport because of like limited practice, limited what you can do with uh, your teammates and things like that. So especially like having now like an unintended break and then having to fly out for like a really weird kind of game, which I mean was cool, but you know, like that's not a normal experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now like having to like recollect yourselves and get back into like a good groove is going to be difficult. But it's good, I think, in a way to have games that come every other day because it gives you a chance if you have a bad performance to forget about it and move on. Um, and it gives you a chance to like establish some of that chemistry, some of that rhythm that you're looking for. And hopefully the Flyers are able to do that because I think really what it's going to take is just those string wins. We saw this team come alive in the second half of the season as well. You know, we were in a, a bad place and, you know, coming out of like Christmas last year. Um, and they turned it around. So it's not like this team doesn't have it in them to kind of go on good streaks and kind of turn a corner. Um, and I think if there's a season to make the case for that, it's this one where they could, you know, find find some of that form again, you know, as we turn in, into March. Yeah, and hopefully they, uh, they get it going because things look good for a, a certain team that's down in clear water as uh, Bryce Harper wore on his shirt just the other day. Uh, we got our broadcast schedule, Matt. Baseball on TV in five days, which is exciting. Um, 
we're not gonna have uh, JT for yeah for all of it, which is great. Um, <laughs> Andrew Knapp is just loving that, I'm sure. But yeah, it's uh it's good to have it back. You know, um, spring training is always like fun. You know, like it's fun to have on in the background. Like it's fun just to have baseball back in your life and thinking about it again. But it just makes you like itch even more. I think for baseball to be back. Um, but yeah, it is exciting knowing that it's right around the corner and, you know, you're pretty much a month away now from, uh, from regular season baseball, which is, which is exciting. Super exciting. First spring training game, uh, is in four days, just won't be on TV. It's against the Detroit Tigers, but that first game Monday, March 1st against the Orioles, one o'clock on NBC sports, Philadelphia. It, it's just, you know, today's weather kind of teased you a little bit too. And, and that feeling of spring is, is on its way. And, I'm just uh, super pumped to have, like, just this team's expectations, I think, are middle of the pack, I'd say, just on the surface, not looking too deep into anything, but knowing what they can be is also super exciting. Right. They, they certainly have, I wouldn't say, like, a, a super high ceiling, but they have a higher ceiling than what we've seen in the last two seasons for sure. You know, they, they have the ability to obviously be a playoff team. I don't know that there's – a world series contender in here but i think this team can at least give you like good exciting entertaining moments and i think there's lots to build off of so you know if you're looking for like a reason to get excited the phillies have those obviously they've, they've worked on some things too they've added some players that we were like begging for so that's obviously crucial as well i think the thing that sucks is you're not going to be able to go there <laughs> in person um for a while at least uh i will say like everyone kind of forgets how like abysmal it can be sometimes like you know, like those first like few april nights uh it can get down to like 30 degrees still and it can get very cold and it can be a little bit brutal sitting yes sitting up there but i listen i would trade anything for that feeling uh knowing that like you know you could go and, and watch uh, a live sport <laughs> in in a public setting uh, that'd be fantastic but yeah it's um there's a lot to look forward to, and obviously, as the weather turns, you really start pining for, for being out and, and watching baseball games, and hopefully, we're able to get back to that uh, in the summer at least. Yeah, and uh, the Phillies have requested for fans to be in attendance at limited numbers, potentially for opening day, uh, from the city of Philadelphia. So we'll see what happens with that. But it also seems like they're not done making tweaks to this roster because. Uh, came out today that the Phillies have shown interest and have checked in on free agent pitcher Jake Odorizzi, which we've talked about the the starting rotation. And I feel like for the past couple of years, Jake Odorizzi's name is somebody that we've brought up and a number of other, you know, just writers and everybody have kind of linked to the Phillies. And after Taiwan Walker sadly signed a deal with the Mets, Jake Odorizzi was like number two on my list of guys who – would improve this Phillies rotation tenfold because it takes so much pressure off of guys like Nola and Wheeler, but especially off a guy who we have a lot of faith in, but he's still kind of an unknown with Zach Eflin. You insert Jake Odorizzi in there, you definitely have a legit top four of your rotation ready to roll. Yeah, I think the the question that looms for this is how willing are the Phillies kind of going on the salary here? Um, because, again, they have... A pretty high payroll, which is, you wouldn't expect based off the performances, but, um, you know, if they're willing to add to that still. They've shown the last two weeks that they're still willing to add guys if they think that they'll help them. Um, 
and Odorizzi certainly would. And it's exactly what we've been asking for too, is that we want like that additional starter so that you're not really as flimsy as we are right now in the four and five, where it feels like you're going to be like platooning a lot. And there's going to be like, you're not going to already see by like June, we'll have tried out like six different guys at, at those last two spots. And that's not really something you want to have, I, I, especially in a season like this. I think two things are going to be important. A, a good start could be huge and consistency because you're going to have, I think every team is at some point, whether they have it with their own team or some other team, just based on what we've seen with all the other major sports, you're going to have like some like scheduling issue at some point in your season. The Phillies had it last year where they, you know, they get wiped out a week and a half and they have to kind of reshuffle things. You're going to have that at some point this season, I have to imagine. Um, so yeah, I think if you can start out well and have consistency and not have to play like this, just, just like juggling style that they seem to be going for in the last like two two fifths of uh, of the rotation. Like, I think if you can have some more solidity, that could be huge for this team. Yeah, I mean we've been we've been talking about it ever since they kind of brought JT back, brought Didi Gregorius back. We were good with the lineup. The bullpen has made improvements. There's hard throwing guys in the bullpen. That is a complete 180 from last year's pen going into spring training. But our biggest question has been, okay, we've got these three guys, but the rest of the rotation is such a question mark that you're going to go into the season with the the potential of like, okay, we have to win three out of five stretches for the entire year if we want to think about any type of success from the starting rotation. Yeah, and that's that's tough because, again, you know, you're going to run into games where – you know, it's, it's, you know, like Noah and Wheeler aren't going to give you like 21 and three seasons, you know, like the both of them. Like, I'd love it if they did, you know, but, you know, you expect like 17, 18 wins from, from the two of them realistically that like, you're going to have to find those wins elsewhere. Like you need, you need that back end of that starting to at least be like close to 500, like that'd be great. <laughs> um, I would actually take that right now. If you could give me four and whoever your four and five are go 500 this year, I would, I would absolutely take that. Um, because that's the kind of uncertainty I have about those last two positions. And you know, outside of even just the, the quality and the talent is just, again, you can't tell me right now who those guys even are. And again, that could change by June. Uh, you know, even some, there's just, I think, bullpen which hasn't been the case really um you know but now you, your your eyes kind of focus on you know those last two spots and you think like we could do better than what we're doing right now I truly feel that and it's just hopefully the the Phillies feel the same way and then go in their wallet to fix it yeah absolutely and I mean I think the the best quote we've seen in quite some time is uh Bryce Harper coming out and uh saying as soon as Dave Dombrowski got hired it was like a breath of fresh air um, no, no slight to you, Matt Clentac and Andy McPhail, but you stunk and your superstar inadvertently voiced his opinion about it. Yeah. And I think also I mean, he's been, you know, we were sweating his hiring a little bit because of the aftermath of what he's left teams in. And he's been like a kind of push your chips into the middle of the table kind of guy. Part of that though, is kind of what we've been asking for and that we want someone that's aggressive. Mm-hmm. We want someone that's going on making signings. I'm not like not crowning Dombrowski over anything, but he's at least like in in the last month he's made moves that I don't think we would have made if we had no. Matt Clentac still in charge. Like I don't think we would have signed 
maybe one of these like relief pitchers that we did, but we've gone out and addressed some of those issues at the base level, uh, which is good. And I think, yeah, if you're Bryce Harper, how could you not be happy about the team re-signing someone that you've been begging them to for the last year and making, uh, you know, some legitimate moves in terms of like getting like good bullpen pitching and making sure that they're not just like the turn style that they were last year for teams. Yeah. So the full quote from the MLB.com article, uh, it says, then Dave Dombrowski arrived as president of baseball operations in December moods and outlooks improved quote. Once Dombrowski came in, finally, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Harper said, where you're sitting there going, man, this guy's going to do his job and he's going to do everything he can to help this organization. And I think uh, the city is in need of that. You know what I'm saying? You can read between the lines on there, I think, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, but the funniest part is, you know, Matt Klintek's still here. I think he's going to be an usher at the games, right? Is yeah. his new role? <laughs> you know, if we have limited fans. He... I think he's going to be at the uh, the the Fandemic crew, I think. is I think he's like the, uh, the liaison for them now. Yeah, he's the, the one that... Friend goes to the pandemic crew lets them know john middleton's coming down in 15 minutes right get the air horns ready right or like he's like the uh like the kid's corner he loads the hot dog gun yes I think is another great role for macklin he's I, gonna be riding on the back of the four-wheeler with the fanatic and that's no 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 that's i think that's a little too much for him. <laughs> i think it's a little too much for him. well i mean he doesn't that's have a little too entertaining and fun that might be his post all-star break he uh, gets to reload the hot dog gun maybe that <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's it's super exciting the phillies baseball is like right on the cusp of being here and hopefully you know things start to progress even more worldwide and uh we'll be back at citizens bank park because i certainly miss going to you know weekday night games weekend night games and getting a, a novelty bobblehead game into the schedule and everything but I, I can't wait to be back at citizens bank park so yeah it's um so last summer was i mean sucked for lots of reasons but it was different as well because just you're so used to taking those trips to the ballpark which you just weren't able to do which which just sucked so much like it didn't feel like the same season and yeah like especially when spring starts to turn there are two things i look forward to the most when like the weather gets nice march madness mm -hmm. and like opening day and like that first month and a half of baseball where it's like I don't care that it's going to be like 30 degrees tonight. I'm like sitting in the cold and watch the Phillies play. Or it's like, I can't believe we're going to be there this Saturday when it's like going to be 68. Yes. I'm going to have like a cold beer in my hand, a hot <laughs> dog, and I'm going to be watching the Phillies play. Like that's, that's what you're looking forward to. That's what you hope to have back. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, that the, I, I feel pretty good that they'll probably have like, they'll get limited fans and maybe like, it'll be even like more improved as we get into the summer months. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, it'd be really cool if this team makes a playoff, you know, appearance, and you could have uh, fans back for that. Too. Could that you imagine, like, that's when you know you get a, a higher capacity amount of fans in the stadium. This team makes the playoffs, and we got limited rally towels floating around Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, I just let the Phillies know I'm getting married uh, this Halloween, so don't anniversary of the parade. Yeah, don't like don't win it then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know beggars can't be choosers, but like I would, I, I, I'd, you know, it'd be cool to like share the anniversary with that day, but like also like I'd like to like let's kinda, push it to November. I'd kind of like to just celebrate one thing at a time. So if we could make <laughs> that happen, that'd be cool. That would be unbelievable. Let's push it to November a little bit. And, yeah, give and, us like November second. You know, give yeah. us uh, what's that's All Saints Day, something like <laughs> let's that. Let's give us that. <laughs> 
give us a break from uh the the team that we're gonna wrap up with the trade finally happened i talked about it on the last episode uh wanted to get your thoughts on carson wentz heading to the colts um it was very obvious that the relationship had turned toxic here and it's just he would you're never gonna win with him in in the way that it was i think you were never gonna never gonna get the results you wanted and i think it's i think it's the eagles actually got a pretty decent trade haul for him considering like the level that it had started to reach with him and i wouldn't there, there are two things i wouldn't be shocked if he turns it around in indianapolis because i i think it's similar to like the markel fault situation mm-hmm. and i don't know if i've likened it to that on the show before or not but i was talking to someone about this too and i said it's a lot like faults in that like you could tell me that faults is going to be a good nba player and i wouldn't doubt you because i think he has that talent i think carson wentz has that talent but it's just never it's just very clearly done here like the relationship is severed here and and who's at fault who knows right like there's i'm sure plenty of people to blame i'm sure it's not just one person but it's just not going to happen here and you just i think you need to get him out and you know get get something of value for him while you can and yes you're still gonna have to pay like some of that money but you're getting off of a chunk of that as well for the future and you can start to kind of move forward. Obviously, the full situation was different because it was to actually be a good team. Like, in GCW, we have cap space, but the Eagles, it's more like, all right, we need to like transition here. Wentz is clearly not our guy. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I think it, it's certainly, it's not a bad situation for the Colts. You know, it's just all about if they really believe Wentz can turn it around. Mm-hmm. And they have to be sold on the fact that his relationship with, with Frank Reich is something that's going to you bring back Carson Wentz which again could totally happen it's in it's it's in the realm of possibilities for sure um but yeah I, I just think the relationship here was just so so far gone um and you know, I think that the fans as well were into it as well like just with it, there's even like a huge split now between people that were were pro Carson or anti Carson whatever you think of him I think he had a great year here <laughs> um, you know he had he had a few great seasons and obviously you know he's a part of the Super Bowl winning team, but it's just it's all it's all gonna feel like sour sour grapes for a while, but I think I think they made the right choice in just moving on, honestly. Moral of the story is Philadelphia teams should not draft players in the top two whose last names end with a Z. Right. Or just, you know, like don't trade up for these guys either too. Like like you like don't <laughs> you know like maybe wait. <laughs> maybe 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 the lesson is wait because maybe someone good will still drop to you. Maybe that's that's the decision as well. I don't yeah, know. it is. Uh, it's gonna be a, a strange off season for sure. And then uh, obviously the what looks like better news than what we had yesterday is Tiger Woods looks like he's gonna recover from that accident. He uh, was in single car accident, did have a, a compound fracture in one of his legs, and uh, obviously won't be playing in the Masters, but. All in all, good to know that Tiger Woods is gonna make a full recovery, and it just the the LAPD said that it was truly an accident. Yeah, it's. I mean, forget that those things can happen to people like Tiger Woods too. Um, yeah, obviously, I, it really like it's a little bit of uh, stomach turning moment too, because we've had. I mean, look at the last year; it's been yeah. just full of tragedy and stuff like that. You were almost expecting like just that like awful moment where you hear some bad bad news. So. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, glad he's okay, and 
you know, we'll see what his, his future holds for, for golf. And maybe this will be you know good, like recovery time for him and rehab to, but it is unfortunate because he's had so many like back issues, mm-hmm. right. And so many surgeries there you hope as an athlete he can recover, but just thankful that he's still with us, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I get, you know, when you first see those images that they put out, it, it was eerie, like kind of Kobe Bryant vibes, especially with it being so close to uh, when Kobe did, you know, pass away in the, the helicopter accident. And like you said, it's just good to know that Tiger looks like he's going to make a full recovery um, and that it was just kind of an accident. It wasn't anything that was, you know, too crazy it wasn't like he was driving drunk there was no dui it was just a a circumstance that happened um so thankfully tiger's gonna be okay and uh also our boys the water boys they interviewed alex singleton from the eagles definitely recommend checking out that podcast he also guaranteed that he's going to break the single season eagles tackle record this year held by reggie white oddly enough um he's a guy that said i always bet the over you would expect you kind of expect there always be like a linebacker or someone like That's that. That's what he said, and apparently they haven't started counting um, combo tackles until uh, like 1994. That might be it. So that's part of the reason, but uh, Alex Singleton said, you know, he's always an over guy. He's going to bet the over on everything, and uh, he's going to break the Eagles single season tackle record next year. So good on him, and go check out our boys uh, at the Water Boys for that interview. Great stuff from them. And make sure you guys are checking us out on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you guys check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast, drop a five-star rating and review. Let us know how you're feeling about the Sixers, who you want to see them go after as the trade deadline approaches. How you're feeling about the Flyers right now, kind of an up-and-down situation, and your excitement for the Phillies to be back. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. You can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, also stick around, 30 minutes. Steven Schneider will be back on his pro golf uh, journey as he's playing uh, in a, a charity classic uh, at 9.30 tonight, and in 30 minutes, he'll be back for uh, his stream right here, twitch.tv slash PHI, which would not be possible. This podcast would not be without our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Same promo code, all three websites. Tomahawk Shades, you get 25% off your order at checkout with promo code USP. Manscaped.com, you get 20% off free shipping and a thank you from your balls. And 10% off at StatesideVodka.com, promo code USP on the one liter vodka bottles. Must be 21 or older to order. And please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 308 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. We'll be back later this week recapping everything with the Sixers and Flyers. Got Phillies on the way and anything else that pops up in this crazy sports world like half a million dollar Pokemon cards. You know, <laughs> it really makes me mad, you know, because like you just think of like as a kid, like like all the stuff you did with all those Pokemon cards and stuff that you have and it's like. 
I my niece and nephew are like really into Pokemon cards. Like he's been into them for a few years. She's just turned six, so she's been like getting into them and stuff. Like he gives her some of her like kind of excess stuff. And I just look at some of them and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, if I had just kept a binder, yeah. <laughs> a binder, kept these things nice. I didn't even have to go send them away to get graded or anything. Just a binder of my cards uh, from like the 1999, and what what a place I'd be. It's it's insane. I I blogged about it on our website. I said, Pokemon cards are gonna be more valuable than crypto before yeah. we know it. It is right now. Five hundred thousand dollar Charizard, unbelievable. This has been episode number three hundred eight of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. <laughs>